0: A few years ago I spit a small amount, about two tablespoons, of my saliva into a specimen collection tube provided in a DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid, testing kit that I ordered through Ancestry.com. My goal was to learn about my ancestors through their genealogical beginnings and follow a familial chain of genetic links from generation to generation. The scant results initially in what to me were already obvious findings. That is, that 77% of my ancestors originally hailed from Great Britain and Ireland something I already had discerned from handed down family history and my own 35 plus years of genealogical research looking back and identifying family branches across many generations of ancestors. Next came Ancestry.com sharing of likely genetic family matches through their own standards for confidence ratings based upon thousands of DNA tests purchased. As the growing number of persons getting tested grew, genetic scientists were busy decoding DNA into SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms, which occur normally throughout a person's DNA. In fact, they occur once in every 300 nucleotides on average, which means there are roughly 10 million SNPs in the human genome. Recent and rapid scientific, forensic, and technological advances in DNA analysis and the increased understanding and use of these DNA studies have brought forth even more relevant and interesting information about me and my family that goes beyond the former traditional genealogical links to my past. In fact, studying these SNPs that make up genetic differences have proven to be very important to broadening my understanding of our family's health issues. These studies also have helped medical geneticists discover how SNPs can help predict individuals' responses to certain drugs, susceptibility to environmental factors such as toxins, and risks of our developing particular diseases. SNPs also can be used to track the inheritance of disease genes within families. On this short but fast-paced trek into DNA, I have been given new proof of more familial relationships than I had ever been unaware of and have discovered some family members that I hadn't seen or heard from in years. Before these new DNA discoveries when visiting doctors or discussing family health conditions among others I relied upon personal histories and documentation of conditions diseases and causes of death. Now moving forward I can potentially use these new genomic analysis results to look at calculations of risks for genetic health conditions and potentials to increase my quality of life and have a clearer understanding of my inherited conditions and propensities to specific diseases. So a few days ago I simply googled advanced analysis of genetic data which led me to www.impute.me. Next I attached my DNA test results from ancestry.com that I received a couple of years back to their form and emailed them. Just two days later free of charge I received a return email that gave me a website address so I could download my personal imputed genome analysis file. They also provided their website address to modules that would help me explore specific findings of my genome analysis absolutely interesting and amazing data. On Impute's site appears a GWAS genome-wide association study calculator module among other modules. The GWAS module focuses on associations between SNPs and traits like major human diseases. By just entering my assigned unique genome ID I was able to see if any variant within my SNPs was associated with a trait in this instance acne. The results showed 13 SNPs in my genome from Navarini AA et al. (24,927,181), which were reported to be associated with severe acne. And the narrative included a genetic risk score for this trait that was higher than 36% of the general population. This is a fairly average score. The chart below shows five of the 13 SNPs examples present in my DNA that presents a risk for severe acne. I filtered the SNP score column, fifth column, to display in descending order so you could see my first four SNP scores and reported genes, last column, that resulted in this risk for acne. Note the fifth row, and, similarly, the remaining eight rows not shown, indicated a zero SNP score. This is the kind of presentation given throughout this module to describe my risks among about 100 traits provided in the GWAS calculator. Looking more closely at my GUAS calculator and appearing before my eyes were confirmations of the presence of specific diseases that exist at among various family members and the higher risk percentages of my having these same diseases. For example, I have a 76% higher than the general population risk of being within the autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, bipolar, major depressive disorder, and schizophrenia. Some family members have suffered from some of these maladies, but I can't say that I have personally, a 52% higher than the general population risk of having cardiovascular disease, an 82% higher than average risk of food addictions, a 99% higher than average risk of having freckles, if you know me, you know I do or did, then there were the risks of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, asthma and allergies, restless leg syndrome, and hip osteoarthritis, 75% higher risk than the general population all me. And the list continued. But, just how much of who we are, our strengths, capabilities and limitations are determined by our DNA and genetics? The newest studies of DNA suggest that both genetic and environmental factors play a role in who I am, what I look like, my singularities or uniqueness, and my biological, mental, intellectual, and physical conditions and capabilities. Studies suggest that multiple genes are involved, so our inheritance patterns are not straightforward. For example, A person's fingerprints are unique as you know and are based on the patterns of skin ridges, called dermatoglyphics, on the pads of the fingers. Dermatoglyphics develop before birth and stay the same throughout life. The ridges begin to develop during the third month of fetal development, and they are fully formed by the sixth. The basic size, shape, and spacing of dermatoglyphics seem to be influenced by genetic factors. Studies suggest that multiple genes are involved, so an inheritance pattern is not straightforward. A child's eye color often can be predicted by the eye colors of his or her parents and other relatives. In fact, both my parents and my siblings have blue eyes, my grandparents had blue eyes, and most of my aunts, uncles, and cousins, direct relatives, have blue eyes. Yet, genetic variations sometimes produce unexpected results. There are several disorders that can affect the color of our eyes. One of these examples is ocular albinism characterized by severely reduced pigmentation of the iris. This causes very light colored eyes and significant problems with vision. Another condition called oculocutaneous albinism affects the pigmentation of the skin and hair in addition to our eyes. Both ocular albinism and oculocutaneous albinism result from mutations in genes involved in the production and storage of melanin. Hand preference is the tendency to be more skilled and comfortable using one hand instead of the other for tasks such as writing or throwing a ball. It was initially thought that a single gene controlled handedness. However, more recent studies suggest that multiple genes, perhaps up to 40, contribute to this trait. Although the percentage varies by culture, in Western countries 85-90% to 90% of people are right-handed and 10-15% of people are left-handed, and then there are those who have this uncommon trait and are known to be ambidextrous. They interchange hand preferences depending upon a task. All the people in my family are right-handed except for me. I may have been right-handed at birth, but when I was 18 months old I received second and third degree burns all over my body from a spill of hot baking grease. The only part of me that wasn't bandaged for months on end was my left hand. I guess like other creatures, I adapted to my situation. Or, just maybe my left hand preference is related to differences between my right and left halves, hemispheres, of my brain. Our right hemisphere controls movement on the left sides of our body, while the left hemisphere controls movement on the right sides of our body. These same studies on hand preference suggest that at least some of these genes help determine the overall right-left asymmetry of the body starting at our earliest stages of development. For example, the PCSK6 gene has been associated with an increased likelihood of being right-handed in people with a psychiatric disorder schizophrenia. Another gene, LRRTM1, has been associated with an increased chance of being left-handed in people with dyslexia, a condition caused by a defect in the brain's processing of graphic symbols and causes difficulty with reading and spelling. Is the probability of having twins determined by genetics? The likelihood of conceiving twins is a complex trait. It is probably affected by multiple genetic and environmental factors, depending on the type of twins. The two types of twins are classified as identical and fraternal. My genealogical research shows twins and even triplets go back generations on both my paternal and maternal sides of my family. My maternal great grandmother had three sets of twins among the thirteen children she birthed, extremely rare and perhaps unprecedented. And yes, I'm happy to say that our grandson is a fantastic father of five year old twins, a girl and a boy. So, did I get my blue eyes and freckles from my mother or my dad? Where did I get my fearless personality and the absence of a talent for singing? As much as I love to sing? Did my intellect come from my mom's two X chromosomes, or was it predetermined by my genes? It's still not clear to me how many of my physical characteristics are purely hereditary, and my genetic waters get even murkier when it comes to nature versus nurture factors like behavior, intelligence, and personality. This argument has never really been won. So, let's leave it at this we do not yet know how much of what we are is determined by our DNA and how much is contributed by our life experiences but we do know that DNA and life experiences each play a part.